0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Good to be back with you on Monday. Had a bit of a long weekend at uh, hanging out over at the sandbar and uh, in the water. Wasn't necessarily a water guy growing up, but a couple of my uh, amigos down here convinced me to become one. May have had a couple of uh, uh, vino tintos and Guy mentioned he read a story, Joe, about uh, how clear white tequila is the best for hangovers. I can vouch. I can vouch. It is a, I conducted a science. Joe, it was science. science. I conducted it. was all. Don't, what are you, Justin's lab. It was science. I conducted a scientific experiment on that with Casa Dragones this weekend. It is accurate. It's accurate. Or else I wouldn't be here today <laughs> feeling as good as I am. Huge news on the radio show today. Uh, today so don't miss it. Go to Bongino.com uh, for your station finder. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, or as my daughter used to call him when she was five, Donald Trunk. Donald Trump will be on my show today at 2 p.m. I am stoked. We're going to ask him all the questions. 2024. Let me take a note. and make sure it's 2024 T's. The schedule F thing, that's become kind of a hot thing about him uh, firing a bunch of people in the government who are terrible, uh, which would be a good thing. And we'll ask him about the GDP numbers coming up. So we got that. Don't miss the show today. Today, I got a loaded show for you today. We're going to start out with something I found absolutely hilarious. The left, they're just... If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle that you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere. In a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, in the are all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Let's go. Here we go, Dan. Here we go. So, for, um, you know, Monday, Joe's like, he sent me a lot of stuff today. Yeah. He's good stuff. I appreciate. Yes. Joe, uh, Joe, I had a little bit of a rough weekend, too. Oh, well. That's a whole other story. But I had a rough weekend for different reasons. But we're back. <laughs> Monday's yes. always a loaded show. And I want to start with this one. I As I put the show. To, yeah, let me show you something. If you're watching on Rumble. This is kind of like how I scratched the show out. Am I like chicken scratch here? And, uh, you know. The reason I do it that way is I see stories I find interesting, but I have to weave them together in a certain narrative. And I always like to start with a story I can do a deep dive on. But some stories are just so fascinating because they describe the, really, I just don't know any other way to say it, the growing sleaze problem on the left that I'm just like, I just got hit, even if it doesn't tie into the whole narrative in the show. Here's what I mean. So this weekend they had a uh, Turning Point USA. You know Charlie Kirk's group? They do this thing. It's, I've been at it before. It's fantastic. SAS. It's called the Student Action Summit. It is a great, great get-together. It is probably the premier, I would argue, now growing conservative organization. And the nice part about what Charlie Kirk and uh, Turning Point do is they bring a lot of younger folks in. It is packed with college kids, high school kids. Their moms and dads come. It's a great event. I've spoken at them. I couldn't go this weekend. I had an event I had to go to for some local candidates. Uh, who I'm I'm helping out, which is another thing. I got to make sure I mention that later, too. So I couldn't make it to the Turning Point event. But at the event, it was over in Tampa. Uh, This happened. Outside of the, uh, again, conservative event for young kids, a group shows up, conveniently in glasses, hats, and above-the-nose face masks, so you can't see their faces, and Joe, they were Nazis. These Nazis, Nazis, they were Nazis. My God, Nazis! Every Nazis outside of a conservative event, weird, weird. So here's this is from what L American took some video of this. Here's one of the guys I guess involved with the event or whatever it is. The TP is calling TP USA, calling these guys out. Like, what the hell are you guys doing here? You A bunch of tools. Here, watch this. Oh, yeah. So you have, I can't I'm not, folks. How many? Times, everybody's. We can't. Nobody can hold it in. How many times is the media going to fall for that? They're not fall. Let me take that back. How many times is the media going to continue to pretend that these aren't a bunch of fake liberal front groups? I mean, how many times? Do you really believe Turning Point USA? If you believe this, by the way, seek a qualified mental health professional immediately. Turning Point had a group of Nazis outside their event. You really believe that? Did you forget this story, the Washington Post from October of uh, last year, 2021? Remember the Lenin Project, otherwise known as the Lincoln Project? You know, the the pedo group? Lincoln Project organized a group to carry tiki torches at the Glenn Youngkin event in Charlottesville. Remember that? They had a bunch of people show up and... White shirts and hats and glasses with tiki torches trying to look like little mini Nazis. Folks, the Nazi problem is a Lincoln Project problem. This is what they do. Now, this used to be, when it was believable, I guess, when they thought it was believable, this used to be a tactic on the left that the media would pretend and feign ignorance. Now that we've called them out on it, now it's getting impossible for them to perpetrate this nonsense anymore. Here is the uh, embarrassing. uh, This is humiliating. The the Floridian running this headline. Democrats call on Desantis to denounce Tampa Nazis. This is this is uh, folks. Here is the strategy every time: get a bunch of lefties to put a bunch of Nazis up in front of a conservative event, and then demand the conservatives who have been fighting the anti-Semitic left forever denounce the Nazis in front of the event. I don't have a lot more to say on this. It's just please. Media people, no one believes you anymore. We know you're part of it. We know you're giving these people attention for a reason. It's strange because when actual leftist fascists show up in big cities and burn these cities down under the BLM and Antifa fascist Nazi banner in many cases, a lot of anti-Semites in both of those movements, you do nothing and you call it mostly peaceful. And then when the left sends a bunch of fake Nazis to an event, To make conservatives look bad. You just play right into it. It's just disgusting. You guys are morons. All right, moving on. I just saw that story. It grabbed my attention because I can't believe how the media feeds into this. This is all about, though, feeding into the uh, theme of today's show. The left using every illicit, immoral trick in the book to interfere in yet another election. They learned their lesson from 2020, which is what? Which is if you interfere in an election, you engage in unconstitutional changes. We saw what happened in Pennsylvania. We have the 2000 mules data, which is growing. Uh, you know the, the the controversy there is growing. How uh, ballot harvesters, all of this. Stuff. We had, we had unconstitutional changes in the law. We had some really serious interference in the media cycle with the the left and the intel officials. Intel officials trying to shut down the Hunter Biden information. They are committed to sticking their nose. They learned from 2020 and 2022 and 2024 and doing the same thing over again. The New York Times gave it away. You know, you ever play poker? There's like a tell. People have a tell. Bad poker players have a tell. They'll, whatever it may be, they'll wink, they'll blink their eyes too much. They'll get dry mouth. They'll start licking their lips. They have a tell. And good poker players can read the tell on other people. One of my very good friends I work for is one of the best poker players in the world. And uh, he can go on and on about how they develop little ticks. They'll rub their fingers, they'll, they'll dry them out, they get nervous, they'll start blinking a lot. Good poker players can see it. You got to learn to read through what's going on here. The New York Times realizes that between 2000 mules and what happened with the interference with the Hunter Biden story, that the left probably, probably engaged in one of the most successful efforts in human history to interfere in a national election in 2020. Therefore, they want to repeat it again. Now that conservatives have caught on, the Times wants to make sure that they use the language battle as well to make sure you shut your mouth so they can ban you. Here's the New York Times with the tell this weekend. Charles Homans, how stop the steal captured the American right. So just, to be care- just to be clear here, you have an issue with election problems and election issues. You're the issue, not the election problems. You get what they're doing? But here, watch how they try to hijack the language to make sure you can't speak about what happened in 2020. They say it could properly be said to constitute a movement, but one that no longer gathers under the banner of stop the steal, preferring the good government language of election integrity. Though the movement has next to nothing in common with earlier efforts to shore up genuine vulnerabilities in the election system. Really? So when we talk about election integrity, banning ballot harvesting, Limiting mail-in balloting specifically because of what the New York Times themselves had noted with a problem with rejection of mail-in ballots. When we talk about things like voter ID, that's no good. That has nothing to do with shoring up genuine vulnerabilities. You see what they're doing here? Learn to tell. They want to make sure that an increasing body of language used on the right is off limits. Don't say stop the seal, steal. As a matter of fact, don't even say election integrity. And what is what happens then? Once people like the New York Times, which are considered mainstream by lunatics, but everyone else knows what they are, partisan hacks. Once they hijack the language, then it feeds into the YouTube, Twitter, Facebook banning apparatus. And next thing you know, you'll see posts about election integrity that fall under the YouTube banner of misinformation. This is how it starts. You see the tell? You see how it starts mm-hmm. here? election integrity election integrity means what it says election integrity they're trying to associate it with what they consider learn to tell they will do everything in their power illicit and immoral tactics fake Nazis attacking language in the euphemisms war to st- because they cannot have they cannot have you speaking out against election theft they can't have it Folks, and their messaging has gotten increasingly insane. There was a commentator, this guy, Scott Jennings. I'm not very familiar with him. Apparently, he was a Bush guy, so I'm not vouching for him or not vouching for him. All I'm telling you is he made a very good point. He was on one of the weekend shows this weekend. And I want you to keep in mind, the same left telling you that if you dare speak of election integrity, you're an insurrectionist, fascist, Nazi, the same left, like look Nazis at a turning point event. You ever know, if you interview these people, you find out where they come from. Weird how no one asked them. Is it strange how no one asked them to take their masks off, or their glasses, or the hats? You know what's even weirder, guys? How that the not the Nazis at the turning point thing. You ever notice how the Antifa people always pretend to show up to battle fake Nazis? Like us, and yet when supposedly real Nazis show up, do you notice Antifa's not there? Did you guys notice that? Isn't that weird? Glenn Youngkin's event with a bunch of tiki torch carrying Nazis. Antifa's nowhere to be found. They sit there. The press is taking pictures. Nobody bothers them. No, conservatives don't bother them because they know they're not real. They're like, look at these idiots. And Antifa doesn't bother them because they're working with them. Did, is anyone find that odd? Nobody in the media asks them any questions. You post a video... On social media, a meme about Joe Biden. CNN's knocking on your door tomorrow, trying to dox you. Yet Nazis with Nazi flags show up. Nobody knows who they are. So weird. Their messaging here is hilarious, too. It is hilarious. So this guy Jennings, Republican, he's almost at CNN, and he's on a panel here. And he brings up this point, how the left keeps telling us, oh, my gosh, the right is full of conspiracy quacks. QAnon supporters, insurrectionists, worse than terrorists, worse than 9-11. They keep telling us what a danger. Civil war. I tried to say, tyranny. Civil war is around the corner. It's an insurrection. It's a coup d'etat. It's a coup d'etat. They keep telling us how dangerous all these people are. This guy Jennings is like, really? It's kind of weird because the Democrats and the Democrat Governors Association, others, keep telling us, like, this is a civil war and a threat to our society. As they pour millions of dollars into campaigns, they claim a run by people who are the fascists and the Nazis. Kind of, weird. and the CNN panel—I think that goofball Amanda Carpenter was—they have no answer at all. <laughs> oh, the grifter class—they have no answer at all. This was a great point. Check this out. We've heard a lot of names here this morning: Cox, you brought up the Maryland guy, Lake, Arizona, Mastriano, Pennsylvania. What do all these people have in common? Trump is for them. And the Democrat Governors Association has spent millions of dollars to get them their nominations. It is the height of cynicism. But we did I, I agree with It, it, you it, is, it you. is the height but of cynicism. Listen, I don't know the guy. because I'm not vouching for him or not vouching for him. I'm just telling you the point is it's salient, jumps right out. And it's a good one. The Democrats, one, on one hand, they're suggesting that there's this growing fascist, Nazi, insurrectionist threat that's going to lead to the destruction of the, of the republic. A threat so serious, we had to dedicate a team of FBI and DOJ people to track down grandma who was waved into the Capitol on January 6th and throw her in the gulag, right? That's what we had to do. It's such an existential threat that if it's not stopped now, there'll be no more United States. But then we turn around and give money to the candidates. By the way, they claim are insurrectionist, crazy people. They claim, not me. I like Dan Cox very much. Doug Mastriano, I've had on my show. These are good quality candidates. I hope they run a good race and do okay. They're running. uh, They're you know they're trying to swim upstream. But they Mastriano specifically has a really good shot. We'll see some polling hopefully on the Dan Cox race in Maryland soon. But you see how this loser class, like the grifters, the Amanda Carpenter classes, the SE cops, these grifter righties who all they want to do is advocate for their next contributor position at a lefty channel, right? Then fake Nicole Wallace's is the world, the Lennon Project people, the Larry Hogan's. You see what they do? It's our guy or no guy. Meanwhile, we don't do the same. Larry Hogan is a loser, the Republican governor of Maryland who was wrote an op-ed in the week, this weekend, the Wall Street Journal, attacking the Republican nominee in Maryland. Larry Hogan is a loser. But I was the first one to tell you, Joe, you were here, you heard it. Joe knows Maryland politics well. Yep. He was in talk radio there for decades. Did I not say about the Senate race in Maryland that if Hogan were to decide to get in, how terrible this guy is, he better than the Democrat, If I got a a choice, die by chainsaw or die by a shot to the head, I'm taking a shot to the head, not the chainsaw. (laughs) You see how the Hogan people can't do the same. Larry Hogan's a slob. He is a slob. He's always been a slob. He is a grifter loser who all he cares about is himself. The only question is, is he bad or worse than the other guy? I'll take the bad guy than the worse guy. Hogan can't do the same. He writes an op-ed attacking Dan Cox, which is really strange because Democrats poured a bunch of money into getting Dan Cox elected, telling us he was this crazed insurrectionist. Hogan's piece is kind of about that point, but you see how he misses the whole point? These people are so dangerous, you're helping getting the same people who are helping the dangerous people elected, the Democrats? Is anybody catching on to this? The messaging has gotten crazy on the left. Insane. Trump has driven them to madness. Folks, you don't, you're you're most certainly in a free constitutional republic, not obligated to agree with every single thing Donald Trump did or will do. I didn't. Having said that, the record was clear and speaks for itself. And these people have completely lost their mind. I've got a clip coming up in a second of Liz Cheney. Who has totally detached herself from reality? I've noticed something with Liz Cheney as her poll, it's a heavy news day today, so I got a lot, to, I got a lot to get to. I'm sorry if I'm banging through these stories fast. But Liz Cheney, as her poll numbers drop and drop and drop, I've noticed hyper our hyperbolic rhetoric has gotten worse and worse and worse. At this point, it's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I mean with the Larry Hogan, Liz Cheney class, who, they, I didn't explain that last part poor, uh, uh, well, and uh, I explained it poorly, and I forgive me. Larry Hogan writes an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this weekend. Not to belabor this point, he is a Republican governor and he's a loser, complaining about the new Republican nominee and saying this guy's so bad the Democrats helped him get elected because they think he's a terrible candidate. Hogan and Liz Cheney do this while defending the same Democrats they say are causing the insurrection by getting insurrectionists elected. Am it, I it uh, getting this? Yeah. Did I explain that bad? They're supporting the Dems. It's twisted. Liz Chady is on a Democrat-led, yes it is, committee right now helping Democrats screw over Republicans as she complains Democrats are screwing over Republicans. Hogan's doing the same thing. Here's what I mean. The woman's got, she's lost her mind. She went on a, one of the weekend shows this weekend, and as her numbers in in Wyoming continue to— she has almost, at this point, no chance of winning the lone congressional seat in Wyoming. She sits in now. Her rhetoric has gotten increasingly stupid and unhinged. Check this out. Uh, I think that uh, Donald Trump, uh, the violation of uh, his oath of office, the violation of the Constitution— uh, that, that he engaged in is the most serious misconduct of any president in the history of our nation. The most serious misconduct, Joe, in the, in the, in the history of the nation. The history of the nation. Yeah. Of the... <laughs> Folks, listen. Um, Liz Cheney's not a serious person, okay? Liz Cheney comes from a family, and Liz Cheney realizes she has an insecurity problem. That Liz Cheney, uh, without her last name, would be not Liz Cheney would win a race for a librarian uh, if Liz Cheney didn't have the last name Cheney. She has no value added skills. She has contributed nothing to the betterment of planet Earth or the prosperity of humankind. Liz Cheney is one thing her last name. That is the only reason Liz Cheney is even remotely relevant in today's political scene. Liz Cheney's growing increasingly frustrated as Trump's numbers continue to rise and go up and up and up, and people start to call for change from the disastrous Joe Biden administration. So Liz Cheney's figured out that her, the, uh, the feather in her cap is going to be destroying the political career of Donald Trump, even at the destruction of her own reputation. All right, moving on. I'm going to waste too much time on Liz Cheney. Folks, just one quick note. Again, I voted. If you are in Martin County, Florida, the school board election is critical critical uh i was at an event this weekend for two great candidates for school board i am supporting jennifer russell and amy pritchett and i ask please you do the same please spread the word if you know someone in martin county we got to get their name id out there these school board elections are critical i was at an event this weekend a very well attended event with these two great candidates jennifer russell and amy pritchett so please uh help them out we got to get them elected these school boards are where the fights are now So I said to you last week, we were going to be running headlines once in a while. And the headlines are, you know, conservative and and liberal outlets. It doesn't really matter. But there were going to be headlines, what we call the headline of the week. But I thought a better way to do it would be be to frame the headline as the, you miss the point. You utterly, totally, completely, embarrassingly miss the point. (laughs) Thank you, Guy and Jim, for putting that together. So I saw it. I know it's a Monday. Maybe I should have waited till Wednesday or Thursday, but I saw this this morning. Now, this is not a knock on our friends at Just the News. They're fantastic. They're actual journalists. But the headline is a, I mean, it's directed at liberals. Like, you guys totally missed the point. Ferguson effect? Police arrests plummet across the country, but little agreement on why. Point? Uh, from the just the news piece LA St. Louis San Antonio Atlanta Philadelphia and Ann Arbor Michigan are just some of the cities reported significant drops in police enforcement without an accompanying drop in serious crime the police enforcement trend also included a drop in parking and traffic violations i get it they're doing they're actual journalists over there so they're unlike the left they're careful not to hypothesize here they don't get ahead of their skis and i appreciate that but the left keeps pretending they're missing the point on this one. Why have a rest drop? You know, one of the value added components of me being on this show is I was a police officer so I can speak from experience. An actual police officer walking an actual foot post. I very rarely got in a car. When you're in a busy precinct and you're a rookie like I was, uh, the what they call RMPs, Radio Motor Patrol, getting in a car was hard. I think we only had like 12 or so cars, two people per car. And there were, gosh, 100 plus people per shift. It was a busy, really busy precinct. I mean, this is just one precinct. So you got stuck out there in a footpost. But you see a lot of stuff. And I can tell you how policing works. These guys are human beings, these guys and ladies. So, folks, what happens when after Ferguson, the riots in Ferguson, and after George Floyd and the riots there? What happens when you tell the police that you are the problem and you're out there hunting black men, and everything you do will be viewed from that lens? What do you think would happen? I mean, imagine Joe being told that, that every time he produces this show at the end and cuts up the audio, that they're suspecting him of racism. Joe's going to be very hesitant to cut any piece of audio that would lead to a false charge of him being a racist. Damn right. Police are no different. Of course, we're motivated. We're all rational maximizers, right? trying to maximize our situation in life by rationally making choices. So if you're going to tell police officers like you did after Ferguson and did after George Floyd, if you don't want to hear this, by the way, the tough talk, then again, there's other podcasts. There were liberals and even some Republicans like they were like, they don't like to hear this stuff. That's okay. I'm not that guy. I'm going to tell you the truth. I was there. When you tell them everything they do is going to be through through the lens that you're a racist hunter, of black men first. And everything you do, you're going to have to disprove that first. Then what happens? Voluntary interactions on the street decrease. I'll give you an example. I had a friend of mine. Again, you may not like this story, but I'm sorry. I respect you too much. I'm never, ever, ever going to BS you. I had a friend who was a police officer since retired. He was explaining me what was happening in the New York City Police Department. I had another friend who worked in another big city tell me, Almost the exact same story. Here's what's going on. So, where is in the past in New York City when we worked under Rudy Giuliani and the default mechanism was, all right, support the cops. If they do something wrong, there's a process and we'll get rid of them, right? You're not you're innocent till proven guilty. You're not guilty till proven innocent. Cops would go out, and let's say there was a guy driving swerving around the road a little bit, whatever it may be, may not be drunk, may just be distracted or something or whatever. The cops say 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when they felt like they had people on their side, would pull the person over. What happens, Joe? You, you know, you see some, maybe what looks like crack or cocaine on the, and you're like, Hey, you got to get out of the car. And then the drug dog comes. And then what happens? You, uh, you, you run the guy's record, the guy's got a warrant, turns out he's wanted for murder. Guy's off the street at a minimum the whole weekend, at a minimum, probably for a long time. That guy doesn't go on then to carjack people, doesn't go on to shoot someone. And when you repeat that over and over across 30,000 cops in New York City and thousands in LA and elsewhere, what happens? The very small percentage of the bad guys committing the overwhelming number of crimes All of a sudden, the crimes start to go down because the bad guys are in jail. Is any of this hard? When you take the opposite approach, discretionary, voluntary police actions, I want to be clear. This is where the problem is. What's the difference? Maybe I should explain it. The difference is this. You get a 911 call. Central dispatch sends you to a job. You got to go. You know, 75 King going to respond to a missing. You got to go. You have to go check it out. You can't just say, sorry, not today. I'm talking about voluntary discretionary stuff. No one calls you out. No one's called the police. You see the car swerving, you can do something or not. My friend told me this. They see the car swerve. A lot of guys are just like, let it go. Leave it alone. may not want to hear it, but that's just the truth. And that guy, sadly, later goes on sometimes to do really bad stuff. Why? Because they pull a car over, something happens, they're going to be accused of being racist. This stuff is a penalty, folks real penalty. So that was our inaugural edition of You Missed the Point. Jim was very upset, by the way, right, about the the Mets guy, the Met, the, the, the 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 hitter using it. <laughs> he was not happy about it. Jim's a big Mets fan from the radio show. Folks, a big day coming up on Thursday. It's a big day. Why? Um, it's a big day because there's some big economic data coming out. Huge economic data. It's the GDP data. Gross domestic product. Why is that important? I care about the gross domestic product. One, I know you do because you know what you're talking about. But we had a quarter, a recessionary quarter, a negative growth quarter last quarter. The formal economic definition of a recession that's been used forever has been two consecutive quarters of negative growth. In other words, the economy's shrinking. We've already got one. Thursday, we're going to know if we got two. The White House is freaking out. I'm going to get to that in a second and what they're doing to try to redefine, again, like they're trying to redefine election integrity. They're going to try to play the euphemisms game. To try to redefine what a recession is. I've got the evidence coming up. So it's gonna be a big day on Thursday. Now, I, I, I'm never, ever going to fall into this trap where baited on fishermen with the left, where they're gonna get us to try to talk down the economy and cause pain for Americans for the sake of a political argument. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Hard pass, not my bag of donuts. We can beat these people on the left by producing a positive America first prosperity-based agenda using facts and data and good messaging. We, if, if we're doing what the left does, where you know Bill Maher and others were rooting for a recession and we're rooting for pain for the American people to win elections, we've probably morally compromised ourselves. I'm not doing it. I'm not rooting for a bad number on Thursday, period. However, the reality of the situation is the economy is struggling right now. On a good note, We do have a decent unemployment number, okay, on a good note. On a bad note with the economy, inflation's out of control, approaching uh, 8.6, 8.5 plus on an annualized basis. We're seeing labor force participation drop. Productivity, what we're producing per unit time of work, the actual stuff that makes us rich, home, services, medicine, what we're producing is going down at a historic rate. We are in real trouble here. I mean, get out of it. I think we will. Some guy came up to me this weekend in a restaurant. Dan, why are you always an optimist? again? got said I just answered that question on Friday. So I do believe this country is blessed by God. I believe it. I think we will get out of it. But this Thursday's number could be bad. So Janet Yellen is on the weekend show. And Yellen knows what the problem is. Yellen knows that once the R word kicks in, once the R word kicks in, That it's going to be hard for this Biden administration to ever, ever recover before 2022 or 2024. I don't think it's going to happen anyway. Here she was this weekend describing how a recession is defined. Pay very close attention to what she says. Check this out. A common definition of recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth. Or at least that's something that's been true in past recessions. When we've seen that, there has usually been a recession. And many economists uh, expect second quarter GDP to be negative. First quarter GDP was negative. All right. So she goes on the air and she acknowledges, oh, many, and now she goes on later to kind of define what the NBER are and try to massage this thing. Why? Because with them, it's always about gaslighting, gaslighting, lying, getting people to believe something that's false. How? How do you get someone to believe something that's false? It's false. You lie about it. Lie often, lie confidently and isolate people from the truth. Now, here's a report that came out of whitehouse.com from the White House Council of Economic Advisors. How do economists determine whether the economy is in a recession? This is hilarious. This isn't a question. Nobody's, this is not a, can you understand this guys? This is like putting out a whitehouse.gov. How do people know that Guy's name is Guy? Because it's freaking Guy. That's not a question. That's his name. How do people know Joe Armacost's last name is Armacost Because it's his last name. I love how they frame this with a question mark as if you use punctuation to reframe a fact. How do we know a day is 24 hours long? Because it is. The definition of a recession has always been two quarters of negative growth. You slapping a question mark there like yellinger, you see what she did there? She's like some people no no, there's not some people. It's two quarters of negative growth. So notice because Biden is going to have uh, going to have lorded over the on the onset of another recession. Despite what should be explosive growth coming out of the COVID pandemic, he doesn't want to be that guy. So what do they do? They just redefine a recession. Here, this is from this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. What is a recession? This is from WhiteHouse.gov. While some maintain, no, no, not some. Nobody maintain. This is it. Some don't maintain. Gee's name is Gee. His name is Gee. People don't maintain that. Justin doesn't come in and go, Dad. How do I know to call Gee Gee? Because that's his. It, and nobody maintains that. It's his name. What is a recession? While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitutes a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. This is amazing. Then they go on in this big uh, uh, this spout of verbal diarrhea that really you need some emodium for to talk about, well, we factor in other things and all these. No, no, they don't do that. And you, you, Now, again, to be fair, unlike these idiots, because I honestly believe that facts and data will rule the day and our party will be associated. People like me and others consistently give you the right message that's oriented in data points and not nonsense. Evaluating where the the, the depth of the trouble of the economy fairly enough. Of course, you're going to incorporate other factors other than GDP. I'll give you a perfect example. GDP fell historically under Donald Trump. It did. What are you saying, Dan? Donald Trump was the worst economic president ever? No. No, it's not what I'm telling you. We were unquestionably in a negative growth cycle. What I'm telling you is we had a once in, in, in a lifetime economic recession caused by a global lockdown of the economy. For you to evaluate the state of the economy based on just that number, without taking into account the pandemic, makes you an idiot. I, 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 I will concede the point to the White House that the economy could be in far worse shape, especially if unemployment were worse. I get that. The Great Depression was 25%. We're now hovering around the four region in unemployment. But suggesting the word recession should be redefined because Biden can't remove his head from his ass on the economy is just a, a, a new low. For a group of people in D.C. convinced they can do this verbal word dance with you. You watch on the election integrity thing from the New York Times. Watch. Joe, please. 936 Monday, July 25th. Please. Flag it. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Watch. (laughs) (laughs) The fact checkers. This is a signal to the fact checkers. Mark my words. It's a signal to the fact checkers on the election integrity word and the recession word now. That when we start posting this week on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube elsewhere, that the economy is now moved into recession based on a standard definition we've used after Thursday. If the number's negative, which is a high likelihood it will be, guaranteed the fact checkers went like, fact check missing context, missing context. Others some maintain. Some maintain election integrity is really code for stop the steal. Some maintain a recession isn't really two quarters, but you got to holistically factor in other things. Watch. I'm never wrong on this stuff. Here's Axios already framing the argument by Javier E. David, July 24, 2022. A weird economy may give way to recession or not. So weird. Don't we use that word. I jokingly use that word in the show all the time. So weird, dude. So weird. <laughs> now, again, do we have to give the old? If it was Donald Trump, example, if Donald Trump were in office and you had two consecutive quarters of negative growth, there would be a thousand different articles in Axios and elsewhere. Recession coming our way. Trump's recession. Recession for Trump. Trump's recession. Melania's recession. Don Jr.'s recession. Eric did it. Ivanka did it. Jared did it. Baron Trump did it. This would be everywhere. Everywhere. The Great Depression, the sequel. Justin's absolutely correct. The Great, Great Depression. That would 100% be the article. But remember, because it's a hierarchy, it's not hypocrisy. Again, please stop. Though so It's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when you hold two different sets of standards and you're hypocritical about the implementation of both. That's not what the left and the media are doing. It's hierarchy. We're in charge. We'll frame this as we want to frame it. We will protect the Democrat uh, economic agenda: big spending, inflation, and you can kiss my ass. That's that. It's hierarchy. Make no mistake. Do not make that mistake. Again, quick reminder: I have Donald Trump on uh, later today in the radio show. Don't miss that. I wrote it down twice. So I'm really excited about this interview. I'll ask him about that too. Uh, let me get to this first. The gaslighting is is is. Uh, Exposing gaslighting is important, and uh, I hope it doesn't seem just kind of perfunctory. There's a lot of content to put in today's show. I got to get to this Halper stuff. I want to get to tomorrow, Stefan Halper. But the news cycle is important in exposing the gaslighting, because if we don't have an anchor of truth, it's really hard during an election season to go out and debate and convince your independent and persuadable friends to vote. We got to have the data. In order to have the data, you have to expose the, the fiction as well to show the foil, how we're the party of facts and they're the party of fiction. They are in love with gaslighting. Again, lying, lying often, lying confidently and isolating people from the truth. Here is a textbook example. of The Biden's administration's at this point obsession with the lie often. They have told this lie so many times about the border. You could just go go to Bill Malugin's Twitter feed and he works for Fox News. Bill McLuhan's been at the border forever. Go to Griff Jenkins. He's been down there at the border. They can show you thousands of hours of videos of people just walking into the country. It is a completely open border. And yet our DHS secretary, who must be impeached, must at this point, he is an actual national security threat to the country, was at this liberal conference this weekend, Watch the gaslighting. He just lies confidently. And lies often about, ah, border's closed, secure, no problem, check this out. Is the border safe? Now, I was watching a news channel and they were talking about an invasion was happening and I got a little concerned. Look, (laughs) um, the border, the border is secure. The border, um, we are working to make the border more secure. That has been a historic challenge. Listen, I don't, I don't know. I I, I, I don't really have an, an eloquent set of words to respond to that kind of stupid. The border secure is an obvious lie. So I just, this took me, again, I don't like hyperbole. And he said, probably less than 15 seconds. I wanted to make sure I went to a left, a noted left-wing outlet that was forced to report on actual news about the border. If the border's secure, then this story's from, just last month, June 2022, NBC News, I mean the leftiest of left-wing outlets, number of migrants crossing the border hits another record, which surges in migration by nationalities once rarely seen. When the situation's so bad that the left-wing activists at NBC News have to actually report on it, folks, you can assume we've hit catastrophic levels of awful. They are just lying to you. It gets worse. I'm not telling you politicians on both sides don't lie. They do. The lying, you have to, you, really, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, the show is based in reality. You have to determine on the margin who lies less, and that's probably your guy. There's always going to be fudging of the numbers. My point about the Biden administration, Mayorkas, Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, Javier Becerra, otherwise known as Javier Baccaria, all they do is lie. They I have I, I really can't think of a single significant, significant statement on any major policy issue where they have not lied about it. Here's another one. Here's Kamala Harris again this weekend. Mischaracterizing in Florida a bill designed to keep inappropriate sexual instruction away from kindergartners through third graders. Calling it again the don't say gay bill. It doesn't matter how many times this thing has been debunked that it's a don't say gay bill. They don't care. They've got to lie, lie often, and lie confidently, and they will continue to do it. Here, watch this. These are issues that impact young people because, as we all know, your your right to vote and the action of voting unlocks all the other rights, including same-sex marriage, including whether we're going to stand up against a law that says don't say gay, basically restricting kindergarten through third grade teachers in Florida to be able to love openly and teach what they believe is important for people to understand. So there's a rule in Florida that tells teachers they can't love openly. Can you quote the language on that, please? Uh, Teachers in Florida, when you sign up, you are forbidden from open love and loving openly. Can you cite the language, please? Because nobody knows what you're talking about. Also, can you cite where it says don't say gay in the bill? Can you cite where it says gay in the bill? You can't. Folks, this is going to get worse. Where are the fact checkers on this stuff? The answer is they're going to be fact checking soon. Joe marked it. He flagged it. He announced it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed going forward. The minute we get the negative GDP number on Thursday, which I hope doesn't happen, but looks likely, I guarantee you the fact checkers will be out in force when people say, listen, we're in a recession. Guaranteed. All right. Let me get to my next sponsor. Here's what I got coming up. Folks, it's happening. It's Monday. I know Monday is generally a depressing day for all of us. For me, it's a good thing because I get back to work over the weekend. I enjoy being here with you. And I always like, we have like an overflowing fire, open fire hydrant full of info. It's happening. What's happening? The war against cancel culture, PC culture, woke culture, whatever you'd like to call it, we're starting to really rack up a significant number of victories. Something happened this weekend. Two things happened. I'm going to tie it together for you. Don't go anywhere. Folks, it's happening. It's Monday, chest up, chin up, chest out. Sorry, chin up, chest out. All the chest moves up too a little bit sometimes, especially if you retract those scapula. We are starting to turn the tide. This is not virtue signaling. It's not Pollyanna nonsense to make you feel good. I showed up this weekend at a uh, fundraising event for school board candidates and a a delegate friend of mine and a, a county commissioner It was packed. There was standing room only. We live in a pretty swing county, about 50-50. It was packed, and the energy behind these two school board candidates was incredible. I'm seeing it everywhere. It's also happening in the entertainment space. Remember this. Cancel culture will stop when the 51% of people figure out that they've been held hostage by the 49. It's happening. It's not even forty nine percent. It's about two percent of people on Twitter holding the country hostage. I'm being generous. Even the fifty one percent of people out there figure out that they're being held hostage by the forty nine. Everything's going to change. Here's what I mean. Just a news story. John Rich, who disclosure is a very good friend of mine and a good man. He's a country singer and a talented one. Remember, you know John from Big and Rich and all his. I mean, the guy's written more number one songs and who knows who. I mean, he's just incredible. He hit number one this weekend. So here's the backstory. John Rich put this song out, which is Joe is an actual musician, like a pro, like really yeah. did music for a living, right? So Joe and I always chat before the show. And it was the first thing he said, because I sent him this story. He's like, you know, Dan, I listened to the song. And what did you tell me, Joe? You're like, it's great. Like, it's a really, really good. It's called progress, yeah, by the way. Yeah, really do you think well it? done. You could tell it meant something to him a lot. There was some work put into it. It had a different time signature. It just all works. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And Joe, listen, I'm, I got no dog in a fight. I, I, don't, I don't get royalties from John. He's not an advertiser on the show. The song is great. It's called Progress. Downloaded today. I downloaded it this morning. John went to number one. Here's the catch. The cancel culture, sadly, a lot of the country music industry has gone woke too, hates John Rich. Because he's a patriot and he speaks his mind. He released his song on True Social and Rumble, which disclosure, I'm obviously an equity holder on Rumble, said it often, but disclosures matter to me. He released it on True Social and Rumble and the Rumble video community, and it's now number one. Not number one in his category. Number one. Yeah! No, yes, yeah! yes. It's not number one. So I told Joe, I'm friends with John. I, I like to hang out at his bar when we go to Nashville. Yeah! Joe said, you know, I'd like to... Come and play with John. I said, I'm going to pitch it to John. All right. We'll bring Armacost up there. Joe can bang away on some drums and maybe do a little backup. singing. Joe, we'll get it on video and we'll put it on true social. You got it. If John's down, I'm D. I'm totally down to do that. All right. 100%. So, uh, John is going to be on the show, the radio show on Wednesday. Please do me a favor. He's a good man and a good friend. Make it number one of number ones. Make it number one forever. Make it the number one, number one of the year. Progress, download it. That's the song by John Rich. He's a good man and a patriot. So that's story number one. Here's the deuce. MRC TV has another great headline. Major League Baseball decided going woke was the way to go. (laughs) Got to appeal to those two percenters, which people still believe are the 49 percenters, which we'd still win. So they thought, yeah, let's appeal to them. Woke baseball's all-star game draws the worst TV audience ever. There you go. Good job, Major League Baseball. Another round of applause for you idiots. Keep with the woke stuff. Remember, as I've said before with the NFL, Joe, how often did I say this? It's not about us. I tuned out. I haven't paid attention to baseball ever since that guy kneeled on the sideline. They let it happen. I was done. That was it. Goodbye. Have a nice day. It's not just me. Where did I find baseball? From my mom and my dad, they used to watch uh, Yankees games on WPIX Channel 11 in New York City Which my dad, with my dad. We'd watch Bucky Dent, watch Ron Guidry, Willie Randolph. Later on, became a big fan of Don Mattingly. My father passed it down to me. He used to have to get up to change a channel. Remember that, Joe? Oh, remember back yeah. in the day you had, had <laughs> yes. to dial You remember that? Before we had remotes, little, younger kids were like, what? You did? Yeah, no, you did. You and my dad used to be like, Daniel, turn that up. You know, uh, Guidry's pitching, or whatever it is. I never passed that down to my kids. They've never, they've never seen a baseball game on TV start to finish. Seen a couple of innings here. I've taken them to a few minor league games. I'm just telling you sports folks, this is probably the worst business plan I've ever seen. Catering to the 2% of America on Twitter that has never watched a sporting event in their life. They're too busy watching porn on the internet. You're catering to them as you watch your sport just whittle away. Probably the single dumbest business plan I've ever seen. All right, these last two stories are very important. I should have kind of teased at the beginning of the show. Shame on me. Folks, two very troubling stories about the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry came out this week, and they are getting a lot of traffic. One involves a treatment for depression, and one involves a treatment for uh, Alzheimer's. The stories have been going viral. I just, I'm begging you to please apply the Bongino rule to this no matter how unpopular the target of a story is with us, you don't want to find yourself on the wrong side of the facts. It even burns me sometimes. I'm not going to, I'm on my, my own rule. The Bongino rule is typically wait about 24 to 72 hours to let a story flesh out. If it sounds really hysterical. Now I never really applied it to this kind of story. I usually apply it to Trump stories to be fair, but I think there's more to this story than you think. Here's the first one. So there's this, Alzheimer's hypothesis out there that Alzheimer's disease, obviously a cognitive deficit. There was a theory for years that one of the causes may, may be amyloid plaques. Now, when I did my graduate work in psychology, I wrote one of my papers, one of my lengthy papers on Alzheimer's. The theory back then I was in grad school a long time ago, like 93, 94 The theory back then was NFTs, neurofibrillary tangles, or amyloid plaques, may be the cause of Alzheimer's. They've since, these plaque deposits have become a potential leading cause. So this new paper came out that says, listen, is this? we've been doing all this research on amyloid, but this guy looked at the data and some imagery and says, this stuff may have been kind of exaggerated. Here's the problem. So a lot of people jumped on it and said, look at this. You know, ph- ph- pharma faking the whole thing. Here's why I'm a little bit skeptical and I want to see what happens with this story. Here's where you're going to get analysis. You're not going to get anywhere else. The left has been going to war with the pharmaceutical industry for years to get them to ration expensive drugs. Here's the key. We'll put up this uh, screenshot from the piece. One of the most expensive drugs out there for dealing with the Alzheimer's problem is a drug called Adahelm. A-D-U-H-E-L-M. Adahelm has shown some efficacy against Alzheimer's. The left doesn't want to pay for it because the left wants government to start rationing. If this doesn't make sense. I mean, so the fact that Adahelm works against amyloid, I'm not sure who's at fault here. Researchers for fudging the data. I'm not sure. I'm telling you, I'm not sure. That's why I'm letting it flesh out. Is it researchers who fudge the data and amyloid's really not the cause of this thing? Or is it a liberal group attacking the researchers, knowing that if they don't get rid of Aduhelm, they're going to have to give up their rationing model for healthcare? I'll stay on it. I don't have an answer. I'm just telling you, don't necessarily accept this story at face value. The second story has caused an even bigger hullabaloo, whatever you want to call it. They're all the same. They're all about big pharma and the healthcare. You guys love it. Hullabaloo. You don't like my age aging myself? Here? Uh, here, neuroscience. That's more Joe's here. The big hullabaloo. No evidence that depression is caused by low serotonin level. Now, again, this is what I spent my time studying. I'm kind of fascinated by this because when I went to school, We learned that serotonin levels and low serotonin levels, which is a neurotransmitter, it's a communication chemical in the brain, that low serotonin levels were likely likely a cause of depression. Therefore, we were taught that these magic drugs called SSRIs, that stands for serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitor, were the key to getting your arms around this depression problem we were having. Now, what does an SSRI do? Well, if low serotonin were a cause of depression, Joe, one of the best ways to increase serotonin, which helps one brain cell communicate with the next, is to prevent the reuptake of serotonin. If you prevent the reuptake, it keeps more serotonin in the synapse. Therefore, serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitor. Ah, yes. Well, they note in this story in neuroscience that after decades of study, There remains no clear evidence that serotonin levels or serotonin activity are responsible for depression? According to a major review by UCL scientists, the new umbrella review, the meta-analysis, meaning it's a study of studies, published in Molecular Psychiatry, suggests that depression is not likely caused by a chemical imbalance and calls into question what antidepressants do. On Geno rule, we're going to see people will start... But ladies and gentlemen, I I can't explain to you in strong enough terms with some experience in this space how these two stories, especially when it involves brain chemistry, neuropsychology, and public health, how if these stories are true, that amyloid is not a cause of Alzheimer's and serotonin deficiency is not a cause of depression, after COVID, monkeypox, Fauci, and everything else that happened with public health and healthcare otherwise, Faith in pharma and public health will be completely decimated if this turns out to be true. As Ben Carson noted this weekend, also, when he gave a piece, it's up in the Washington Examiner, Ben Carson noted, it's going to be really hard to convince people monkeypox is serious after COVID-19. Ben Carson's only one of the world's most prominent uh, neurosurgeons. I'm really hoping, but I'm going to, we're going to sit, we're going to hang tight on these stories until the science, it's a longitudinal process, starts to distill stuff out. This would be earth-shaking. It would be the equivalent in science of someone telling you, I kid you not, like, yeah, the earth's not really round. It's really flat. We've got evidence. That's the kind of earth-shaking this would be in the psychiatry psychology field. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. A uh, Small request, you've kept us in the top five pretty much all week on the podcast charts. Thanks to your subscriptions. I deeply appreciate it. Please subscribe. On Apple Podcasts, it's free. It's all free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Hit that subscribe or follow button. And also on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, where we remain one of the top podcasts there. And I'll see you on the radio show later. Donald Trump, 2 p.m. Eastern time. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.